Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you listen to me every week as the host of the Makers of Minnesota podcast. But what you may not know is in my professional life, I help brands with social media strategy. I also help them with social media management. And currently, I have openings for two clients. Generally, when I'm your social media manager, I help you gather contents and assets of things that we can post on your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter accounts. We'll also do some LinkedIn posts if you have great business stories. But generally, I am the person that will help you write and schedule content for your social media feed so that all you're needing to do is talk with me a couple of times a month to get the calendar together or to talk about generally how you want your social media marketing to feel. And then I'm the person that executes the posts. I can also respond to messages that you get from people on your social media feeds so that you are doing the business of getting business for your business. If this is something that appeals to you, just let me know. You can find me at shansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, marketing at gmail.com. Now on to the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And I apologize in advance if my quality of recording isn't as good as normal today. I had something happened with a disc that I'm working on, and I have a guest here, and so we are improvising. I'm here with Charles Lovejoy, who, thank God, is a friend, because <laughs> otherwise it'd be real bad. Um, Charles is the owner and creator of Lovejoy's Bloody Mary Mix, and... Charles, you first, like, how did you get started in the Bloody Mary making business? Was it because you were working at the Happy Gnome? And Well, funny story. I um, ran into a friend of mine from about uh, 20 years ago. It reminded me that actually when I was bartending with him at Saudi. Uh, did you bartend there? Yeah, the, the warehouse district mm-hmm. the, across from Pizza Luce downtown. Yep. Uh, he reminded me that I was making Bloody Mary mix then. Like, so I was telling him about the business. He's like, oh, yeah, you've been doing that forever. I'm like, what? No, I just started. <laughs> He's like, oh, you were making the Bloody Mary mix back then, too. I'm like, oh, I didn't even remember that. So so apparently I've been doing it for a while. Sure. But uh, I've been bartending for about 25 years, and I've always, uh, or a lot of places I've worked, I've been the maker of the Bloody Mary mix. So, yep. So the Happy Gnome was definitely, like, supercharged everything, so I was... Doing the whole program. and, and Did the, you start when they started doing like the, what do they call it? Not the Endless Bloody Mary, but they had the, the Bloody, Bloody Mary, Mary Bar. Bar. Right. Was I, that I, your I, creation? I started that because of, out of pure laziness. I just didn't want to make 100 Bloody Marys every Sunday morning. So yeah. Like, yeah. You can make your own. So we just started, it started small with just like one little table and with like maybe 15 items and two different mixes. And uh, at the end, it, there was consistently 40 different uh options for your bloody and then uh, eight different mixes so so you made eight different mixes you have now bottled one just the one just the original right do you think you'll bottle and tell me what what is like how would you describe your original bloody mary mix because it tastes different than normal sure sure which i'm not uh i don't you know honestly i I don't uh, go around drinking a lot of different bloody marys it's thinner thinner it's it thinner is. in a good way, like right. not thin on flavor, right. but sometimes they're super thick. Right. And then you have to kind of wait until they get watered down by the ice a little right. bit to. Right. So it's definitely like a crowdsourced recipe. Um, the consistency just came about. Like, I think it just, uh, 
came out came about uh, uh, naturally through using uh, veg- vegetable stock instead of like a water base. I uh, don't use just straight tomato juice, or a lot of people use tomato paste. So I just use t- tomato juice and a vegetable stock, and um, yeah, the consistency just comes from that. Do you have an actual recipe like written down? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Because when, I mean, <laughs> it's one thing to like make stuff and then make it for your friends. Right, and right. then, but when you bottle something. Yeah, you, uh, there is a recipe written down somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do follow it most of the time. But I don't add anything that's not, like I have all the ingredients and I know the proportions. I've been making it for 10 years. So so when I do bottle it, it's there. there's a little variance between the two, two batches, but not, not much. It always comes out the same. How did you decide to go from... From, you know, probably making this for friends and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being a bartender, having all that experience to like, I'm really going to try to make a go of this as a company. Right. So that was, uh, um, it started with my mother actually, who was a, um, she had a, uh, a day shelter for homeless families yep. here in St. Paul, uh, called the family place, which just recently shut their doors in October, unfortunately. But, uh, so I used to help them out with like, uh, moving beds and driving trucks and, uh, and that kind of stuff. And I got kind of just, I just wanted to figure out a way that I could permanently just give back to, to help her and to give back to the community and to yeah. help the families there. And as a bartender in this community, like you get, like you met me and right. my husband right. and you kind of know our story exactly. and our kid and. You get personally involved with the people in your neighborhood. Exactly. Exactly. And so I was looking for a way to, to do that. And then uh, my sister, who is a force of nature, um, helped me, pushed me towards bottling it. And then just doing like charitable giving with it, like maybe gift baskets and stuff. From that, I just kind of evolved to selling it over the bar first of Happy Gnome. And then uh, now we're in some retail stores and is, a bunch of different bars. Is your hope to like keep growing it to where it could be like your full-time job? It is. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping to get there hopefully within the next year, like to get there just to, let's at least give it a shot for a year. And the, my ultimate goal would be to empower some of the people that I'm still, I'm still ch- doing charity. $2 a bottle goes to, to our new organization. It's called Face to Face. Okay. It's a uh, teen outreach center downtown, sure. located downtown St. Paul. And my ultimate goal would be to employ some of those people to, you know, make it, maybe sell it or, you know, however that works. I've been doing this now three years. And in the last year, I feel like so many of the people that I talk to, it's they're interested in the give back model. Mm -hmm. There's a huge charitable or doing for others component that I didn't necessarily see in the very beginning. Why is that important to you? Well, to me, just by nature, I just I don't like to do things for myself that way. Like it's easier for me to work harder for somebody to back to somebody. Yes, than it is to work for myself. And it's uh, it's it's the right thing to do. I think it's just the the time. You know, like there's a there's something in the. in the air that says it's it's the way the businesses should be, you know. It's- well, and I think it's almost a response to there's been um, a lot of, I mean, I don't mean to get political, but I'm gonna, there's been a lot of sadness and greed and tax cuts and right. social programs being cut. Right. And, you know, in the day, both parties had a certain amount of social undertakings right taking care of the people that need some help 
And you can argue whether the left has gone too left and taking care of too many and the right has gone too right, taking care of too little. But the facts are we sit in an urban environment where there's still a lot of people hurting and exactly. a lot of families that are exactly. not able to put it together. Right. So whatever side of the aisle you're on, it feels like corporate America can and does a lot of times fill in those blanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, though, is that we're seeing entrepreneurs filling right. in those blanks. Right. And I, I, I would just imagine it's a product of their environment, of yeah. the environment. Like, people see that. And, you know, it's a, it's a good marketing tool, too, you know. Yeah. I and mean, people do respond. You know, it's, it's a nice to see that people respond to that. And I think millennial-wise, oh, we're sure. seeing a lot of the millennials that it's very important to them. Things right. like the environment are important to them. The give-back programs are important to them. And they are much more conscientious, I think, about that their dollars have weight in a political sense Mm -hmm. or in a charitable sense, you know, whereas we would like give to the United Way a certain percentage of our paycheck or that's just really changing that model. Sure, I think it is, too. I also think that the millennials, they can see that some of these charities maybe are not what they say they are. Yeah, that maybe. corporations now, too. Yeah. It's a very... It's a big money game, that's for sure. Yeah, and so it's a little more grassroots feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you, like, why Bloody Marys? Like, why didn't you do, like, old fashions or something else? I have no idea. <laughs> because, I, you know, it's because my shifts, you know, I worked Sunday morning, and that was just my, the thing. Um, I I had been. I don't drink a ton of Bloody Marys, but when I do, if I have a Sunday off, which yeah. is pretty rare, I like to have a good Bloody Mary. And when I've been out and I had terrible ones, it just ruins your day. So, yeah, because it's sort of just like man. Like, ah, yeah, this is what you do. You know, this is this is all the effort you get. So, I don't know. It was there was a there was a hole I think in the in the in the market, and I think that was I just wanted to fill it. Yeah. Is it hard for you to? So you are bottling it yourself. You're not right. at a co-packer yet, no. and you've got a hot sauce too. Do, yes. Um, was that always in your mind's eye that it's called burn your face your hot face. sauce? Yes. Did you always know you would do hot sauce and Bloody Mary mix? Is it kind of hand in hand? No, the the hot sauce was uh, just a derivative of that. There's a I had a guest. Uh, a regular that w- always complained that we didn't have any kind of anything hot for him. Like, we didn't have any hot sauces. You know, sriracha wasn't hot enough. Sure. Cholula wasn't, definitely wasn't hot enough. So I would just go back to the kitchen and grab stuff and just whip something up for him on the fly. And uh, it came up, with a, came up with a pretty nice recipe for him. And it still wasn't hot enough. And this still isn't hot enough for him. Yeah, <laughs> we got to do a little bit of Minnesota <laughs> we're, hot. We're trying. But uh, so that's where that came from. And uh, it's, uh, there's similar bases. We do add, we had a lot of, uh, we had the Thai chilies, uh, jalapenos, habaneros, and Carolina Reapers into the hot sauce. So when you, this is just a totally weird question, but I've always wanted to ask someone. When you use, when you work with the Carolina mm. Reaper pepper, right. do you like have to wear gloves? Yeah, I mean, this is idea. like the hottest <laughs> yeah. pepper, right? You wear gloves for sure. For sure. And then you watch when you go to the bathroom. I was going to ask about <laughs> that, that too, because everyone's like had it where you, you know, cut a jalapeno or whatever. I, my husband has had it for sure. <laughs> and then forget. it's like yeah. you touch yourself and it's like, ah, I'm burning. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, for sure. So you definitely want to make sure you glove up. And even like breathing it. it. Yeah. So, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, when I heat it up. Uh, and you put your face over the over the pot, like it gets really intense. Yeah. Yeah. You start coughing and whatever. Right. Yeah. Wash, washing the, the, the utensils in the, in, the, 
and their pot is uh, is very intense. Does your whole house smell like peppers when you do it? Well, the kitchen I work at it does. Or do you yeah, do a commercial yeah, kitchen? Yeah, I do okay. A commercial kitchen, but yes, it does. I try to do it like later when people aren't around, so I don't right. want to burn everybody. How out. often are you bottling? Uh, for the hot sauce, it's uh, I do a batch about once a month. The Bloody Mary mix, um, I'm in there two to three times a week. So that much? Yeah, for sure. And then who has to sell into the retail accounts? Are you going and knocking on Mr. Surdick's door? And Yeah, uh, so as far as retail goes, um, we haven't reached out to too many retail places quite yet. Um, just because a lot of the liquor stores don't, they carry other Bloody Mary mixes. Yep. And my price point's a little bit higher, so which is fine. you know. Um, but what I found success in is the smaller markets, like the craft markets, we're in a homespun in uh, Minneapolis. They're on Thirty uh, Eighth Street in yeah. Minneapolis. And they sell they sell a lot of it. Uh, special season specialty market up in Grand yeah. sells a bunch. So the smaller uh, smaller crafty or markets. One of my best retail places, Mac and Thunes Meats. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Pages. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of weird that way. So I'm not maybe not looking to do liquor stores right now. So, you know, we're gonna we're just gonna slow roll it and see where it, see where it takes us. And some of the liquor stores are more local friendly than others too. Sure, for sure. So maybe you know getting there eventually. When you think about, are there other? Are there any? Well, you don't love Bloody Marys. You just like yours. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Bloody Marys, but they have to be good. What I do mean, you I, do? You have a so, vodka preference on what you do, pair do. with your Bloody you know Mary what? mix? I really like a little plug for Prairie Organic uh, cucumber vodka. Okay, so yeah. you like the cucumber like vodka the cucumber, in? Yeah. I do in my mix. I do, yeah. yeah, for sure. It's got a vegetal right. taste to it, yeah. which probably yeah. complements yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, my mix has vegetable the vegetal taste. But the cucumber, like, there's no cucumber in it. I think that just elevates it just a little, just that much. Are you one of these people, like, let's talk about garnishes for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, what is a good Bloody Mary garnish? Oh, man. That's a tough one. That's so personal. Because so many of the bars, like, <laughs> make, like, the chicken wing, the sandwich. Right. And uh, I get the Instagrammable piece yeah, of that, and, that, and it, yeah. that's cool. Right. But if you're going to just, like, serve your best bartender Bloody Mary, what would you use as a garnish? Well, my mix is uh, is vegan and gluten-free, so it would have to be something along those lines. I personally think uh, any pickled vegetable will do. Right. I mean, I love pickled green beans, carrots. I love pickled carrots. I like pickled carrots, and too. pickled red onion is really good. Yep. Yeah, those are great in a Bloody Mary. And, obviously, your, your, your olives and... In regular, but like pickles. cheese. I don't know. I don't know why we need cheese. a square of cheese. I don't need a square of cheese. And the meat, like I love a, I love a hamburger with the side of the bloody, but I don't know that I need it all in the in the in the thing. And a meat stick too kind right. of grosses me out, to be perfectly honest. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't do. The it feels meat so. <laughs> I mean, this is. It feels kind of Wisconsin-y Very. to put like the giant. <laughs> and nobody wants to feel Wisconsin. No, because my whole family's my from, Wisconsin. Wife is from Wisconsin. Okay, That's so fine. I feel like I gotta rip it. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on, like this giant meat stick <laughs> exactly. in our drink. Exactly. And but, I saw, I see those like on the website. And then the, and, you know the Facebook pages for Bloody Marys, and you wonder about the quality of the cocktail, you know? Yeah, like why do we have to put a giant oily right. piece of meat in there? Exactly, exactly. And then if we're just going to stay on the tangent, filberts. Like why are we putting nuts in drinks too? Yeah, don't. don't do do that, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's exactly. weird. Like when you order a White Russian or. I don't want a filbert floating around right. in my drink. Especially filberts. They got, they, you know, they tend to have worms sometimes. You know, they're not. Do they? Yeah, I've worked in with filberts. 
You don't see them too much anymore because of the worms. They sit around for a while. They develop worms, some of them. So, okay, that's not disgusting. Not to knock the filbert industry, but <laughs> <laughs> sure. That is so <laughs> gross. Exactly. Okay, just bartender lore. When you go to a bar and you see more than two fruit flies, okay, do you feel like that's just the nature of the beast, or is it that that bar is dirty? No. And I don't feel that way at all. Uh, it's just the nature of the business, I think. How many fruit I've... flies are acceptable in a bar before <laughs> it's, 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 it's just tough. a dirty bar? It's tough. It's a That's a tough call. I would say more than eight fruit flies. Really? You yeah. give it that many? I give it that many fruit flies. Because like one or it two. It depends on if they're flying in your face or if they're like, if you can just. Around a bus tub. Yeah. Right. Right. That's different. You know, I, I don't know. I've worked at plenty of bars that have. Almost every bar I've ever worked at has a fruit fly problem. That's right. Or another. And yeah. I hear that. But, yeah. like, sometimes it's, like, so, like, you can barely even drink your drink right. without inhaling yeah. a fly. That's and I'm like, like okay, you maybe need to bleach her down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, they come up through the drains. And it's just, you know, you're constantly using those drains. And I've worked at a bar that had a worse problem. It had bees. It had a bee problem. I got stung, like, four times on one shift. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, obviously a patio bar. Yeah, and it was upstairs, and it, 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 you just set your hand down, and the bee would, you know, you smash, smash a bee, and it just. So what it. do you do about that? I don't know. I ran. <laughs> well, and like we have jars of honey and stuff at the yeah. cabin if they're bad and we're oh, eating lunch, see. but yeah, should have done that. Yeah, and and hornets. Let's yeah, honeybees aren't really yeah, going to sting not, you. Not the bees. nice yeah, bees the nice are bees. fine. The, Bring was, them on. They were hornets. Let's just say. Yeah. We're just going to kill those bad boys. Exactly. Are there um, other local makers that you've connected with along the way or people that you admire? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the guys at Tattersall are fantastic. Um, they really are. They really are. They're really great. Uh, and I'm so, like, it's one thing to have success, but I really feel like they have had success. They're super hard workers. Mm-hmm. They're kind. They exactly. have helped other makers. Like right. they're not um, stingy with the information. Right. They try to help. Exactly. I'm hoping to have a sit down with uh, Dan. Um, hopefully next week. Yeah. We're, we're He's not home very often, we've but if talking. you can corral him, <laughs> we've, been, we've been chatting. So yeah, they've got a new organic vodka that I'm yeah. going to an opening this Ooh, week to try nice, it. Excellent. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, any yeah. other people that there's a bunch of people at my kitchen. I work at a Gia kitchen here okay. in St. Paul and there's a bunch of people there. They're just fantastic. <laughs> there's a guy, there's a Henry Kitsu who does, um, uh, African made juice. Yes. African, uh, tonic. That's what it's called. He's great. He's great. We and him have, uh, chatted a lot. I'll too, have to try so. to hook up with him. Yeah, for sure. Everybody that works there is, it's like very communal there. And, uh, there's not, it's not like a, don't look at my stuff. You know, we try to help each other out. And, you know, I, you know, when I was bar managing, I brought in like some coffee makers, Filterra coffee. Um, they were good guys too. And brought them in and just trying to support each other and like get the, get the products out there. That's nice. People that maybe are familiar with you from Happy Gnome, Mm -hmm. we will use this as the official coming out that Happy Gnome is closed. Happy Gnome is closed. So where have you ended up now? I have. I've been at Octo Fish Bar since uh, for for uh, since August. Okay. So I had a second job, and then now I'm at the Lexington here in St. Paul. That's our friend Chef Jack Rabel. Is it a different type of bar environment? Because obviously oh, sure. Happy Gnome was so beer heavy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You have to make a lot more drinks, Charles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they told me to work there. 
They're anacto. It's all cocktail heads, you know? That's just the way the trend of the rest of the industry is going, I feel like. The gnome was an anomaly that way that... It was so beer heavy, like it was. It was a lot easier to be honest. But. And a lot of the, I mean, the beer geeks are they just going brewery to brewery instead yeah, exactly. of bar to bar? I, I believe so. It has changed the right. industry a little it bit. Has. Yeah, even towards the end of the Happy Gnome, they were getting rid of. We had ninety taps, and we're going down to seventy, I think. Yeah, so, and that would have been fine. You know, seventy taps is still a lot, but and it's kind of hard to manage all those. Like you're is. having to make all these right. different menus right, and right every day. Yeah, they're printing menus every day and. And that kind of thing, and then uh, you know the and then when it started the happy when it started the it, it was a a different uh, environment as far as beer goes. Like you said, like the breweries are all are everywhere, so you can get those beers wherever. You yeah, know, you don't have to you don't have to depend on your local tavern or bar to to carry them. But so so yeah, things are changing. Yeah, things just change. Changing. Yeah, just change. Well, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, it's Love Joy's Bloody Mary mix. And I wish you success. I know you're going to be at Stone Arch Festival yes, this summer. Do you, are you signed it. up for some other festivals? Or? I'm, yes, I'm getting uh, my act together. We're going to do the Grill Fest, I believe. Um, maybe the Food and Wine uh, at the Target Center um, or at Target Field. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be out there. All right. All well, right. thank you for thank being you, on the Stephanie, show. Yeah. Sure.